This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite fleeced trade in our fantasy football leagues. Stephen Galindo, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, actually. A fleeced trade. That's that's really good. I love uh, I love our intros. It seems like we've nailed them now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing this for a handful of weeks now, and uh, we don't talk about it anymore before you know the show starts. I just mm-hmm. let you do it, and I just like to be surprised with what you're going to say. So I am the fleece trade this week. Um, there's been a lot of action this past Sunday and Monday, yeah. and probably a little bit on Thursday too. Um, but big stories. There were some major injuries, or let me rephrase that, some injuries to some key players fantasy-wise. There you um, go. Let's just jump right into it, you know. Starting with the Minnesota Vikings and probably your league's number one overall pick, Justin Jefferson. It looks like he uh, experienced a hamstring injury. The extent of it is not known yet as of this recording. Uh, When this episode drops on Wednesday morning, it's a possibility that they have uh, declared exactly what uh, grade um, injury he has or what specific injury he has. But right now the reports are saying that he is possibly a candidate for IR. So, yeah, so that'd be four weeks. So in those four weeks, the Minnesota Vikings would have to basically win some games for him to come back. I believe, you know, so I put a poll up on our social media, follow us on X at OT fantasy F ball. We put a poll up. The question was, do you think Jefferson's coming back to the Vikings this season? At I specifically said, do you think Jefferson's coming back to the Vikings this season? Because, you know, there's some rumors out there. And we, as of this recording, we got 42% yes, 58% no. So our little community does not believe he's coming back this season to play for the Vikings. What are your thoughts? It's hard. It's hard to pinpoint it, you know? I mean, like... The NFC North, other than Detroit, and just the NFC in general, like other than uh, the Eagles, mm-hmm. the 49ers, you know, they're obviously the top dogs of the NFC. But when you look at the wild card picture, I mean, you see Dallas, mm-hmm. you see who else do you see in that wild card spot? You know, like here I am. Everyone's everyone's flirting with that three and two, two and three record of like, you know, do you want to go for it or do you want to start losing games? Right. Like, like I'm a little frustrated as a Rams fan that the Rams have like won two games already. Like I was hoping that they would start losing. The Cardinals are doing a lot better than we thought, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's one of those things like we're going to start seeing teams start to tank. And one of, these teams who we thought would be a lot better than what their record indicates. And they've been in most games. I think like they lost to the chiefs by seven. They lost to uh, a few other teams in the fourth quarter is the Minnesota Vikings. Right. I feel like they're a much better team than what their record indicates. And I think they can still make a playoff push and be, you know, a, a competitor down the stretch of this season. Um, last year, I don't know the exact number on this, but they had a lot of one game possession or games that were within one possession, you know, in the final few minutes of the game that they, you know, ended up finishing the game winning. And this year they're in similar situations 
but instead of on the winning side, now they're on the losing side. So um, I would say the Vikings are the NFC's Chargers mm-hmm. because yep. the Chargers hold that crown in the AFC where they're down by you know a score with two minutes to go and they have to lead a touchdown drive and then they come up short. So, um, and it was funny because that's kind of what happened when the Chargers played the Vikings. <laughs> Came right. down to the very end and you know we all know how that ended up. So, um, Justin Jefferson, there were contract, uh, or he wanted a, you know, a, a new contract, more money, obviously the guy's the best receiver in the NFL. And, um, you know, they weren't able to come to an agreement before the season started. So they put that aside, obviously, because the season was starting, but here we are now they're, you know, I don't know, uh, one in four, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so now they're one in four you know, possibly out for the next four games. Their bye isn't until week 13. And, you know, depending on where they're at when the time comes to get back on the field, you know, after those four weeks, and it could be longer, like, is it is it logical for Jefferson to put himself out there, risk an injury again, and then not be able to, you know, claim a large contract? Although I think even if he got hurt, I still think he can pull a large contract. I, I I agree, and I actually think like him playing again this season will have no impact on his contract unless like he just like absolutely tears an ACL or something. I'm so sorry. I'm not wishing that. I'm just saying like it would have to be that severe for it to affect his contract at this point. So you would think from him and his agent's perspective it would be like let's not play if we're not in contention for the playoffs. But yeah, if they're not in contention, then it doesn't make sense to come back and risk injury again. Right. So that has a lot of impact on some people's fantasy teams. And uh, and I and I feel like we were getting a lot more into like the nitty gritty of like the NFL stuff. But I think this is probably the more meaningful part of this conversation. Outside the fact that we don't even know, like even if Jefferson's on the IR, he might not be ready to go in four weeks either. You know, it might be longer than that. So mm-hmm. the Vikings are going to have to win some games. Right. And but let's just say hypothetically, it's the next four games. It would be against the Bears, which is a winnable game. Mm-hmm. Against the 49ers, which we can maybe chalk it up to a loss, but we've seen some crazier stuff happen in the NFL. You know, uh, then it goes Packers, who are two and three, and then it goes Falcons. So the Vikings could walk away three and one in the next four games and put themselves in a situation where they're four and five when maybe Jefferson comes back. If they're four and five, do you think that's a good enough record for Jefferson to come back if he could come back after four weeks? Yeah, I think so. Because you're on the verge of 500 with a lot of season left to play. You know, you're only like halfway down, right? Or about a little over halfway done with the season. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of football to play. And, um, you know, their schedule eases up a little bit on the latter half of the season. You know, after they play the 49ers, you, like you mentioned, they play the Packers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Broncos. You know, they the play the Bears again, the Raiders, the Bengals. Um, you know, other than the 49ers and, and the Lions, like I don't think that their schedule is that tough that they can't end the season, you know, um, I don't know, let's say like 9 and nine and 8, 9 and 9, mm-hmm. you know, something something of that and nature. That, there, and so. that, that should be good enough to get you a 7 seed. Now, there might be a couple 9 and 8 teams, but like if you're, if if you're uh, 
head-to-head matchups are good, you know, which they might be, you know, they're playing a lot of divisional teams. And, like, even the team that's running away with the division right now with the Lions, who are 4-1, like, they have not been the most perfect team either. You know, like, they, there's some weeks where they look like they're completely dominant, and there's some weeks where they look like the Detroit Lions. But they still manage to squeak out wins, whereas last year they would be in these tough matchups and go 1-4 and four themselves, right? So it's possible. I do feel like... If it if he's a, if he is going to come back in four weeks, they need to at least split the four games. They go two and two, you know. Put yourself in a position where you're three and six, and then even then, I don't know if Jefferson wants to come back for a three and six team. But you at least need to put yourself in position, right? I, and now that I said it out loud, I think they need to go three and one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I totally, I totally agree. And this is all hypothetical. Obviously, we don't have concrete mm-hmm. facts with how long he's going to be out you know, what the extent of the injury is yet. So, um, you know, when, when more information comes to light, then I think the uh, crystal ball will mm-hmm. start to become clearer on what the future holds. Now, as far as fantasy goes, let's say you, you picked up Justin Jefferson, right? He's your first, second, or third overall pick. Um, are you stashing him? Or are you looking to possibly trade him and pick up a couple pieces to make up for that loss? Um, and personally, I think if you're, if the only, the only way that I would sell Justin Jefferson is if either I'm, you know, Owen, Owen five or one in four, mm-hmm. then I would look to maybe sell him now at a high price because I mean, I see, I still think he has name value and obviously the, you know, he, he's the number one receiver. Yeah, he's going to be out for a little bit, but if you can pull, you know, a couple of higher end, or I'm sorry, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two, like a pair, um, I would look to do that. You know, maybe Metcalf and, and uh, you know, another wide receiver, like things like that, um, to try to salvage your season because you can't sit here and, and wait for Justin Jefferson to come back. We're on the flip side. If you're four and one, five and zero, oh, three and two, you could possibly stash him and hope that you survive and maybe it is just a four week IR stint of some sort and then you get Jefferson back when you're making your run for the playoffs that being said too you also want to make the trade before it's announced maybe he's not playing at all this season right like I I would actually like if the Vikings lose this Sunday I I would like to trade Jefferson regardless of what your record is because then they're officially one and five. There's no good reason for him to come back unless he just wants to like stack his stats up for whatever reason, or he just, you know, some people have that dog in them and they just want to play football or something. But I, if the Vikings lose this Sunday, I would, I would consider trading him that night. That's pretty, that's a hot take. I mean, I, me personally, I kind of, um, I feel the opposite. Like I'm more willing to hold on and wait um, if I'm in a good spot, you know, five and zero, four and three, or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, four and one, um, three and two, you know, like if I'm on a winning record, if I have a winning record and, you know, overall my team is pretty balanced. I mean, if you're barely winning games because Justin Jefferson, you might need to consider like what's your future, you know, what, what, uh, what's your roadmap for the future in right. case he doesn't come back, you know? So, um, but those are things to think about. 
Um, we should in the next couple of days have more clarity on the situation and, uh, you know, you'll have to go from there. And if you have multiple IR spots, just stash them down there. You don't have to make this decision like today, but I, I feel like, yeah, if I, if I, if, if they go one and five, it's like the Cooper cup thing last year, there's just no reason for them to come back. Like I, and I also would think side note, this has nothing to do with our segments, but like I would start to seeing like, can the jets afford to bring on Kirk cousins contract? Yeah, yeah, jumping on there again to make the trades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the NFL deadline is uh the 31st of October. Something like that. Yeah, it's like the last week on of Halloween. October. So yeah. I mean, there'll probably be some some movement, you know, coming in the like, next couple weeks, so and then the Vikings you know could start like looking toward Caleb or May or something like that, you know. So I think it's it's it's, it's very intriguing stuff and uh, I think that might lead to more Addison, you know, he's a rookie, you know, so like you might see more Osborne, more Addison for the rest of the season. And that can only do them wonders. But like, it was just say they work out Jefferson's contract. That doesn't necessarily mean that those players are going to be useful next season, but that we'll talk about that on next year's pod. Right. So I, I think we could expect to see more Addison and more Osborne. And I think yeah. Hawkinson's going to actually make a leap, even though he's already, I think, top three tight end right now. He's going to make a leap himself. So, yeah, and I think they also, uh, I think they spread the ball around a little more to the or to the running backs. I think touches are going to be spread around a little more evenly than just like one person taking it all. Like, but I think you know the biggest benefactor of this is going to be T.J. Hawkinson, and then you know Jordan Addison, Osborne, and then the running backs. So. Absolutely. Just some some stuff to think about. Um, another surprise injury was Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner, who I believe went down in the second quarter, um, left due to a knee injury, and he was placed on IR. So he'll be out for sure for the next four weeks. Um, we didn't get any other updates other than you know he was put on IR and he's out at least a minimum of four games, starting you know this Sunday. Um, and he was doing really good. I feel he like was, he he was, he was a solid running back, uh, two RB two, mm-hmm. uh, with high upside. You know, he had some weeks where he ended as a running back one. So, um, James Conner is you know old reliable, and I think that if you do have James Conner again, like depending on where you sit at, uh, record wise, if you're you know winning and 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 um able to store him or stash him in an IR spot, then I would hold on to him because uh, running backs are hard to come by. And I think that he, when he does come back, you know, he's going to be as effective as when he, you know, before his injury. Yeah. And like, it's a knee injury. So that scares you, especially when it comes to a running back and we'll get into another knee injury in a minute. But, uh, Imari Demircado, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Demircado. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be on top of a lot of people's waiver wires this week. Uh, are you, do you have, are you high on him at all? Do you feel like he'll, he'll fit like a glove moving forward? Or do you feel we're going to put a lot of stock in a player and this is going to be like, no, we're waiting for James Conner to come back kind of situation. I think it's just waiting for James Conner to come back. I mean, I, I don't know much about, you know, Di Mercado. And, he, got, he got about twelve I, fantasy points this this last week. Uh, 
I don't know if I, I, I'll be honest. Like I wasn't like, I was watching red zone. I wasn't like full on, like, let me see what's going on. This Bengals Cardinals classic right now, you know? Uh, so I know Burrow looks like he was his old self in the game, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just a plug and play situation. Like I, I will have to see, you know, now that teams could game script for the player. We'll, we'll see if he's good, you know? And well, here's a cool, here's a cool stat. And I think it makes him a little cooler is he went to Downey High School. Oh, nice. So he's a little in California, guy. yeah. And then he went to Saddleback College. So um, very interesting. He, uh, signed, he, he signed as an undrafted free agent this, this season after the 2023 NFL draft. So, I mean, he's not a drafted um, – oh, from TCU. Okay. So, I mean, he was part of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the playoff TCU team. team. Yeah, the playoff team. So um, – do I think that he's going to put up the same numbers as Connor? I don't think so. Um, is it possible? Sure, why not? Like when you get enough volume, you know the, the fantasy points rack up. You know, but I, I, the the running back position is so scarce right now that you you do want to take a shot on him. Like if you not like for example, I'm in some leagues where I have zero running back depth, and I have some leagues where I have like a lot of running back depth. Obviously, I want to start him over someone who I feel like is a little more reliable. But if in, I would say in most situations you might have one solid running back, or and you're you have an RB two that's questionable, I, I would I would play him. <laughs> I would certainly take a shot and see like you know get a nice change of pace. Like I would start him over Miles Sanders. Yeah, I, I think he's a flex option right now mm-hmm. until he can prove that hey maybe he can move up into that you know running back two zone. But as of right now, I, I see him as a flex option. A strong flex option, though, because if he's going to lead the backfield in touches, I mean, there'll be a lot of opportunity for him. Yep, I agree. I want to move on to the other running back that got a knee injury, and this one's got to be a crushing blow to a lot of fantasy owners. (laughs) Yeah, Devon Achan from the Miami Dolphins. Um, Again, the extent of the injury is not known other than he's looking at a possible multi-week absence. Or mm-hmm. a possible IR stint. It hasn't been, you know, made official. Um, neither has the injury come out with, or neither has the team come out with an official diagnosis of the injury. But um, the guy was, I have to admit, I was skeptical after that first game. I was like, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. game script. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because this was the 70 uh, point uh, game against the Denver Broncos. I was like, yeah, it was just, it's just, one of those games where like the game script is just in favor and but after you know seeing him the next week and 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 the following week it's like okay like i think he's, there is a lot of talent there he's legit, especially right? on yeah he's legit especially you know on that Miami offense so and he was doing this with like 10 touches the frustrating thing is because i think he had some minor injuries, I think, in a preseason. But I think both me and you were kind of high on the kid, like probably at the beginning of August, late July, and we're like, this is someone you should probably like draft. And then I think both of us, when the drafts actually came came to us, we're like, I don't know, man. He's been like hit or miss. It looks like Monster's going to be starting. Jeff Wilson's going to get in the mix a little bit. And then we're like, I don't know. Like, he's technically third on the depth chart. I shouldn't take him in the eighth or ninth round. And the people who didn't care about any of that got a solid 
six weeks from him. And, you know, kudos for... Well, I would say know. a solid two weeks because nobody was starting him. He was probably on your bench when he blew up against Denver. And if anything, you started him the next week. Or you played the logical card and you said, well, you know, that could be an outlier. I need to see it one more time. Mm-hmm. So you see it one more time. You put him in for that next game. Again, he, you know, he gives you what you're looking for. And then, you know, now he's injured. So... Um, you know, hopefully it's not too long of an absence, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, but per- personally, back and- personally for me, when I see multiple weeks, I think more than an IR stint. I don't know why, just the, uh, just when the, when the injury officially happens and then the next day they're saying multiple weeks, I'm thinking six, seven, eight weeks at the minimum. That's just the way my brain works. I, I would say three. I say, I think three minimum. Um, It'd probably be better for them to put him on IR because they have a such a dynamic offense. They have Moster. They're going to have Jeff Wilson back. There's no need to rush him, you know. That's true. Like it's 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 not you know something to jeopardize. You know he's the future, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. it's not something that they should jeopardize right now. Mostert's in, in his thirties. Like Achan's going to be your running back moving forward year for years. So you're right. So obviously it's a big blow, you know, fantasy wise, but I think, you know, he'll be back this season. Hopefully it's a minimum of, you know, a couple to three games. So uh, so does anyone on the Dolphins uh stock rise for this or is it just Mostert's gonna like be a monster? I think Mostert, at least for this next week, week six, he's gonna be a monster. He goes up against a, a poor Carolina uh defense and so i think he'll he'll eat this week Mm -hmm. but moving forward i think you know jeff wilson you know last year came in he got traded from the niners to the dolphins and then he kind of slowly took over the lead back role so i mean moster did deal with injuries last year so that could have been a, a a reason why but um i think once wilson gets in and is acclimated to you know live football I think, you know, he'll have a more even split with Mostert. Okay, that makes sense. I, I do think, like, once they get this injury thing figured out, he's going to come back and still be a, a really good running back. And um, he might not be averaging 20 points a game like he's he has been, but I do think he'll he'll still be probably a top 10 running back. Like, he, he can miss three to four weeks and still miss – I still make top 10 running back for the rest of the year, just based on the numbers he's already provided. You know, so. Can he average 20 or more points a game? I believe so. Mm-hmm. But can he sustain that with the amount of touches that he's been getting? I don't think so. Okay, let me let me throw this out there to you. Let's just say he misses about five to six weeks with this injury. Let's just say hypothetically. He comes back, uh, averages about 15 to 20 points a week. You know, maybe there's like a one or two single digit performances in there but for the most part it's 15 to 20 is he a first round running back next season 100 percent. okay like even with if a the majority in- of the if a majority of the roster doesn't change for the dolphins then he's going to be in that first round second round discussion uh even with the injury stuff even with this injury yeah i don't think he's injury prone I was just checking because, like, he was he was dealing with something in the preseason and in training camp. A shoulder and, injury, yeah, but I mean, a then, shoulder injury is pretty 
pretty yeah. common with the running back. Yeah. I was just I was just wondering if like you think it's just going it will continue to be an ongoing thing. Cuz if it comes out that he tore his ACL or you mm-hmm. know, like a major injury then yeah, it might drop his stock, but I was just curious. I mean, in Dynasty, you know, this is a guy to go and get. Oh, absolutely. You know, so. Uh, you got any booms for me? Let's get on the boom and bust. We're booming. We're booming. We're booming, booming, booming. And it's funny because we just talked about this guy. Um, it's going to be a Miami Dolphin power hour right now. I have Raheem Mostert booming we this week with Oops. over 20 fantasy points. I think it's going to just be a blowout game by the third quarter, you know, middle of the third quarter, similar to how this San Francisco Dallas game just went down. Them boys got whooped. I just wanted to say that they mm-hmm. got whooped. I was expecting a more um, competitive game. And like, I don't know what happened. I, I really it's, it's don't a, it, know. It's a tell as old as time. It's uh, it's the Cowboys it's, coming out looking like one of the strongest strongest teams in the league until they get hit in the mouth. Like it's it's, it's tell I think as old their as defense, time. Their defense is really good. I think their defense is really good. But when your defense has to go out there constantly, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going three and out, three and out, like the game wasn't out of hand in the first quarter and not even halfway through the second quarter. It didn't start getting out of hand until, you know, the second half. And so right. I don't know. I don't there, know whether there's Tony Pollard. There's too much talent on that offense for them not to figure this out. And Dak Prescott is not, uh, I'll just put it frankly, he's not a bad quarterback. Like, he's a good quarterback. On paper, something's not working. And you know what? They did get rid of their offensive coordinator. It's Mike <laughs> McCarthy. Yeah, he's not a good NFL coach. Like, look what happened over in Green Bay. Like, sure, he had his one Super Bowl um, run. Mm -hmm. But then, like, what happened after that? Like, he just doesn't call good plays. I don't know. They just look sloppy. See, CeeDee Lamb should be getting targeted more. Pollard should be a top 10 running back. Prescott should be at least flirting with top 12. You know, like it's it's surprising to me how, and you know what, one of those wide receivers who's like Gallup or something should be in the mix also for like top thirty wide receiver, but it's just not happening. Yeah. Like it's before we get more into it, let's let's uh, digress let's here. Back, well, well, let's back go to back. Boomin. Yeah, Raheem Mostert over twenty fantasy points this week. He's my boom. You know, I don't think it's too crazy. I don't it's think it's too safe. You I'm know, going Raheem Mostert. We we were so bad with our picks last week. I think we both went somewhat safer in in, in some regards on some of these, even though so my yeah yeah. A real quick tangent. I know we're just going on tangents right now. When you analyze fantasy football, you think logic. You kind of throw out stats and and data, and you use that to like, oh, this guy can boom. This guy can bust. This guy is going to have a breakout game, and so on. Like we say, we can't see the future. And so these picks are made entirely on the data that we have and the gut feeling. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to own up to picks that don't work out or takes yeah. that don't work out. I had Anthony Richardson booming and his shoulder wasn't his shoulder was not booming. So that went down the drain. Uh, I had Kirk Cousins under 20 points. He got 
in you know standard leagues he got about 19 and some change mm-hmm. so yeah. i was i was kind of right on that but i i honestly thought he was going to be lower and then my out of the stadium pick totally just took a poop on me i had josh <laughs> joshua dobbs you know going over 20 fantasy points and we all know how that turned out it didn't, didn't go as well as i thought so you know sometimes you win sometimes you lose mm-hmm. but raheem moster is going to be a big w throwing up the dubs there you go um this week so make sure he's in your lineups all right you know I, that's a safe pick i like it uh my boom i'm going with zay flowers because my guy is getting targeted really well. He's gotten double-digit targets in three of the five games he's played. He got targeted 11 times last week. Now, if you watch the highlights, he dropped some. He tripped on one. And he, 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 he like, like, I wouldn't say Jackson overthrew him, but, like, it felt like sometimes – flowers is like running the route a little too fast and you know jackson's not like seeing that i think flowers and jackson are gonna get this together they're playing the titans they don't have the best secondary in the in the league i do feel like they they, they're eventually going to unleash flowers and i think they're trying with like i said with the targets and some of the game scripts some of the gadget plays and stuff like that but i do believe zave flowers is going to actually boom this week and uh, he's projected to get around 11 to 12 points. I think this is going to be his boom week where he finally reaches 20 points. All right. You're giving a, a solid 20. That's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good, that's a pretty, you know, I think that's more on the wild side. Oh, I get pretty safe when we move forward. <laughs> I'll, yeah. you know, I'll do it right now. This is the one I'm busting on. I was going to say, with every boom, there's a bus. And who's your bus? All right, I'm busting on this guy. <laughs> Miles Sanders has been one of the most disappointing running backs in fantasy football. Everyone thought the volume was going to be there, but it feels like every time he rushes the ball, it's like he's trying to get minus three yards on every carry. It's I know, and the, the, and I'll I'll throw this comparison out there because there's another rookie quarterback with C.J. Stroud and Damian Pierce. I feel like is barely now getting into the mix where defenses have to respect cj so damian pierce can now run through some holes and stuff like that and they're not putting eight in the box and stuff like that i feel like teams are not respecting bryce young yet and i feel like it's making things extremely difficult for miles sanders and so i think that continues i'm just gonna be real about it and i wouldn't be surprised if he gets under 10 points again he's done it multiple times this season and yeah, I'm picking him the bus. Like it would be wild for me to say he's gonna boom, but I don't see it happening. Where is he currently ranked? Let's see, I'm looking up here. We should have he's, he's the uh, thirty. 20. I have him yeah. I have him running back thirty. He's running back thirty right now. They play Miami. So Miami and Miami lo- doesn't have a super scary defense. They don't, but they do. Like they do get up and down the field, so I think Carolina is going to have plenty of possessions. But I, I, I don't see it. I you think I, game script is going to write them off. I think it's. I think so. Like, and then keep in mind too. Like, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but uh, is it Chenault? 
The yeah, uh-huh. Lavisca Chanel. Uh-huh. They, like they're now getting him into some like game script where he's rushing the ball a little bit. They still have Chuba Hubbard, so it's like it's one of those things too where it's like Miles Sanders is still the guy, but it's like not only is he he's like these other guys are getting into the mix now as well. It's just not there's just not a lot of Apple opportunities, ample opportunities. I mean, like it's. Even when they get on the goal line, they just can't get him into the end zone. Like it's he, he is he is dealing with a groin injury, so I'll kind of give it that. And we already knew going in the line wasn't the offensive line wasn't the best, right? And I think and you know that obviously shows. It's also like you're seeing signs of kind of like how Miles Sanders was used in Philadelphia. Talented running back could make a big play happen. He he could catch the ball out uh, from he could catch the ball he. He could run down the middle of the field. He could run outside. He He's a talented player, but in terms of fantasy and the things you need in fantasy, which is, you know, big plays, touchdowns, you know, volume, it's just, it's just not there. And yeah. so, so like he's, he's, he's busting. Yeah. I feel like that bus is a little more safe on the safe side. So yeah, we're going a little safe this week. Last week I picked Dallas Goddard. He got 26 fantasy points. And my out of stadium pick was Ronnie Rivers, who got zero point one points. So like this this week, I'm kind of keeping it a little bit safer, except for my Zay Flowers pick. Who who, who are you busting? So my bus pick, I actually have two. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get wild right now. I'm feeling mm-hmm. I'm feeling out there right now. Um, I said it was a Dolphins power hour, baby. Okay. I think that Ty Tyree Kill Tyree Kill is gonna be my bus. And don't get me wrong, Tyree Kill is still going to put up some numbers, but I think the Carolina Panthers, because their secondary is pretty good, I think they're going to hold Tyree Kill to under 20 fantasy points. And you know what? This could be a totally crazy pick. The first play of the game, they could throw a 70-yard touchdown pass to Tyree Kill, and then the boom, there mm-hmm. goes my bus, right? Yeah. But I think that Carolina is going to game plan for Tyree Kill. Like I said, their secondary isn't uh, isn't that bad. Um, and I think that the Dolphins are going to kill it with the ground game and uh, shallow, you know, passes over the middle where they get a lot of uh, yards after catch. So I think it'll be a big Jalen Waddle game. I think, you know, your running backs are going to get fed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Chase Claypool scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're going to keep Tyreek Hill under 20 fantasy points. The the Panthers. And, the, oh, okay, go for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say the well, Panthers. I'll let have, you hit. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the Panthers have been in every game, and it's because of their defense. Like, yeah, yeah. Some of these teams end up like jumping ahead in the fourth quarter or something, and winning by double digits. But like for the most part, their defense keeps them in games. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So they recently played the Vikings. Let me see how Justin Jefferson did. He had twenty three fantasy points. So see, like. I think um, they'll be able to contain, not contain, but they'll be able to hold Tyree Kill to under 20 fantasy points. But I'm going to take another bus here. I'm busting twice this week. Oh, okay. Some people can only bust once. And I'm going to say Keenan Allen is held Mm. to less than 15 fantasy points. He goes up against Dallas on Monday night. I think the Cowgirls are going to come out, you know, with some, some, uh, a chip on the shoulder. And I think the game is going to be, this game is going to be a lot closer than that Sunday night game. And uh, I think they're going to hold Keenan Allen to less than 15 fantasy points. 
you know, I think that's more likely to happen than the Tyree Hill one. But so I'm glad I, it's kind of, you kind of like uh, wedged your bets there. <laughs> so yeah, I'll get one of these, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the more, the more things you throw out there, the more chances you have to be right, you know, and opposite to be wrong. But All right. um, how about your out of the stadium pick? Who's that one person that's sitting at the end of the uh, pine tar and you're trying to figure out uh or not I, pine tar, but pine, right? Uh, right in the pine. And uh, who's sitting over there that you're like, you know what? I think this week you're going to, you know, we're going to put you in. You're going to have a good game. I'm, I don't know if this is wild or not. His fancy production has not been that great, to be honest. But I, I, you see flashes. And this guy has possibly one of the best running backs in the league now in his offense. I'm going to rock with Garter Minshew to be my out-of-the-stadium pick. He's playing Jacksonville. For some reason, the Jacksonville curse this season is when you think Jacksonville is going to go out there and dominate, they just don't. (laughs) So, like, Jacksonville is going to allow the Colts into this game. When uh, earlier this season, Jacksonville allowed the Colts, you know, Garter Minshew was not playing in that game. But I do think Garner Minshew is arguably one of the best backup quarterbacks in this league. He has really good weapons around him. He's got Jonathan Taylor back. He's got Zach Moss. Zach Moss is clicking on all levels. And I do think in this game, what most likely is going to happen is like, you know, the game script is, and I'm sure you believe, you'll you agree with me, is when it gets close to the goal line, you want Zach Moss, you want Jonathan Taylor to have the ball in their hands. But I do think in this game in particular, when they're in the red zone, they're going to let Garner Minshew sling it. And they're going to get Michael Pittman involved. They're going to get Ellie Cox. They're going to get whoever downs. And I, maybe even Jonathan Taylor in the passing game, Zach Moss. But Garner Minshew is going to get some fantasy points to reflect how well he's actually been playing. So I'm going to Garner Minshew to be my out-of-stadium pick. That's a pretty solid pick. I, I You know, you, you made good points. You know, every point you made was a good point. And um, just for some perspective, obviously the Jaguars played – uh, Indianapolis in Indianapolis, I believe, uh, the yes. first game of the season, and they did dominate that game. But they didn't have Taylor, they didn't have uh, Zach Moss. They had Richardson making his first start as an NFL quarterback. So um, I think Gardner Minshew is going to sling it. It's a revenge game, and uh, it's going to be. I think. I think this one's going to be a high scoring game. I think the Colts are going to put up points. I think the Jags are going to put up points, and um, that's a great that's a great out of stadium pick. I appreciate it, but I bet you yours is better. Hit me. I'm just I'm just coming down here again with the Dolphins Power Hour, <laughs> and my out of the stadium pick this week is Jeff Wilson Jr., who okay. should be coming off IR this week. And obviously, my pick doesn't mean anything if he doesn't come off IR, but. He's going to enter this game, and he's it's going to be a nice welcome back Jeff Wilson game. And I think he's going to put up, you know, over 12 fantasy points. Um, you thought I was going to say 20, but no, 12, 12 I, I would good. say over 12 fantasy points, and he's going to score. There you go. I, I, I like but, that. Oh. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. I'm going to give a second out of the stadium pick this week. Okay. Like I said, I'm feeling froggy, ribbit, ribbit. And I'm going to say Michael Gallup okay. goes off on Monday Night Football 
against the Chargers. Michael Gallup, I believe, is first or second in targets this season. Okay. Right up there with C.D. Lamb. He is somebody who Dak Prescott is familiar with, is comfortable with. We haven't seen anything from Brandon Cooks yet, so I could be totally wrong, and Brandon Cooks is the, the guy that blows up this game. But for me, I've always been a Michael Gallup believer, even when you doubted him earlier this season when we were doing our uh, mm. division previews. I said, Michael Gallup, I like Michael Gallup. He's healthy. You know, uh, one season removed or, you know, a couple, a season and a half removed from that ACL injury. So my second out of the stadium pick is going to be Michael Gallup Monday night. He's going to be a Monday night hero. Give me 15 plus fantasy points for Michael Gallup. I like that. Staying on the out of the stadium ish stuff. Uh, this, we have some time, you know, we've actually, we got through our segments a lot quicker than I thought we would. I want to throw some things out there to you between Foreman and Johnson on the bears. Which one do you think is going to be the best bears running back this week? They're both kind of out of stadium ish picks Johnson or Foreman and Johnson's uh, recovering from his own injury too. So like maybe he might not even, who knows, might not even play. <laughs> but Johnson Johnson is uh currently in the concussion protocol and they did play Thursday so he does have a, a better chance of suiting up on Sunday. But I think for week 6 it's going to be Foreman that I'm taking over Johnson. Um if you remember Foreman uh backed up I believe Christian McCaffrey a year ago. Mhm. And when Christian McCaffrey uh, wasn't there. He kind of took over that lead back role and he did have uh, a handful of really good weeks. He's a good rusher, pure rusher, um, you know, bigger back downhill runner. So I think, you know, he is going to, you know, put up his, his points when given the opportunity. And so for week six, I'd probably take uh foreman over Johnson only because, you know, Johnson, we don't know if he's going to play and, and whatnot. So before the season started, there was a lot of speculation that Foreman was actually going to be the RB one going into the season over Herbert and everyone else. And then the season started, and it just happened to be you no. Know, they just happened to rock with the guys that we should have been thinking. Like maybe us as fantasy people, we all overthought it. But we thought Foreman was going to get in the mix there, especially based on how well he played last season. Uh, another one I want to throw out there to you. Denver Broncos backfield. It's three deep. Are you a McLaughlin believer? You're damn right. I'm a McLaughlin believer. (laughs) I uh, actually, I picked up, you know, when the buzz was, was, uh, was uh, chattering up in training camp and Mm -hmm. they said, Oh, Sean Payton likes this rookie. I went and I snagged him for my dynasty team. And I'm glad I did because um, I think, yeah, I think he is uh, the real deal here. He's going to have a small role. I think that role will increase depending on injuries and game script, but whatnot. But he looked good last week, you know, in that larger time role. And so, I mean, depending on how long Javante Williams is out, I mean, McLaughlin can pick up the uh, the work there. Samaj so P. Ryan is going to have his touches, his snaps. He's kind of set in there. So I think out of all three of them, like Samaj P. Ryan is probably the safest bet. 
but uh, I think McLaughlin, you know, will have his opportunities. And um, if Javante Williams can't, you know, stay on the field, then, um, you know, he'll kind of take over that role. For a team that's struggling, too, you would think that they would play the, I would say, uh, for lack of better words, the exciting hand here and let McLaughlin kind of get more touches and catch the ball a little bit more, have more design plays because he he kind of like lights a spark in this offense that sometimes just looks absolutely dead out there. And I think you would you would try to play the hot hand a little bit and then, you know, that also helps Javante Javante Williams, who's also coming back from a major injury, to still kind of ease back into the offense. I know we're in week six, so maybe he's not easing back in, you know what I mean? But uh, I, you would think that this this play because I saw like on the first drive he had like plays for like thirty to forty yards right off the bat, you know. So it's like you know give give him in the mix a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. So just for some perspective, um, Javante Williams tore his ACL last year in Week Four. Mm-hmm. So he is back on the field playing in NFL games less than a year out from his injury. Did he look good? Yeah, he he looks, you know, he looks good for somebody coming back from an ACL tear, but we all know it takes time to get back to that level that you were at before an ACL tear and so um we just have to remember we just got past week 5, so he barely hit the year, you know, the year mark of his injury. So you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see how it plays out, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, I'm a McLaughlin believer too. All right, Brian. I think that uh, that can conclude our week six uh, review and preview. Uh, can you let the people know where they can find us on X? If for whatever reason you did not hear it at the beginning of the pod, you can find us at OT Fancy F Ball on X. Uh, I'm trying to throw some weekly polls out there so we get more engagement from our fan base so we could get some feedback from you and present it on our podcast. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast. Please subscribe. Please like. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. Please let us know how we're doing. And tell your friends, you know, like you could be, you could be like, Hey, you know what? These guys have some stupid picks for their bus and out of the stadium picks every week. And it's kind of comical how bad they are. You should listen to it. Tell your friends about that. You know, maybe this week we got it right, but we don't know. But yeah, let your friends know, listen, listen to yourselves. Uh, you know, when you have a long drive to work, when you have a long drive to school, listen to us, you know. We're about a solid Southern California commute away from uh, from you finishing your pod. So there you go. And we know that's between 45 minutes to an hour. So mm-hmm. just enough time to listen to one episode of the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Steven. With me, as always, is Brian. We're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to give you these funny and crazy out-of-the-stadium picks. We'll see you guys next time. Set your lineups this week. Good luck. 